0: This is HPR episode 1768 entitled, An Intro to C Episode 1, Introduction and Types, and is part of the series, Programming 101. It is hosted by first-time host CJM, and is about 32 minutes long. The summary is, I go through the basic types, and a basic introduction of myself. Colon. This episode of HPR is brought to you by, anhonesthost.com.
1: Hi, uh, my name is Colin Mills, or you might know me as CJM Online. Um, I've actually, this is my second show, and hopefully not my last for HPR. I um, I did a show not too long ago, probably in September of 2014 for Hacker Public Radio, and it was How I Found Linux, but unfortunately that was under a different alias. So that was under Gopher. And some might ask me why I switched. Um, I just felt that CJM was more or less where I fit in terms of how my uh, I feel like my initials really do identify me more than a gopher does. And to be honest, it was more or less a pun, you know, so go for Nick's. So, that's enough about me. Actually, well, you could uh, maybe, maybe if you want to find where I'm at, at uh, I frequent the Nixer forums quite a bit and the Arch Linux forums, so you can find me there. Okay, now that's enough about me. Alright, okay, so let's get started. Where are we going to begin? I'd just like to maybe talk about the show I'm looking to present. I'm looking to present an introduction to the C programming language. Now, you might be wondering, because this has been done forever and ever and ever, I mean, there's so many things. You've got the K&R book, you've got all of these different resources out there, you've got umpteen um, video tutorials on YouTube, but... The big thing about me is it's more or less a learning exercise because I don't know who said it. I'm sure there was some big philosopher, but if you can explain something to someone else, then, you know, you know it better yourself. So I hope to provide a platform for beginners that they can go to and, you know, just talk about C in terms of, hey, here's this language. Would you like to learn it? And I I hope I'm an adequate teacher for what I'm looking for. Now there's a big thing we have to remember, Um, I am still only a first year software engineering student. I've built quite a few things in C, I've built a a chat program using sockets, I've built um, a word game using, well I was actually using C++, but that's a whole other story. Um, Now there's another big thing about my background that you have to kind of remember. I'm a big uh, Unix guy, so I'm really into Unix, and I'm into open source, and I'm a really a big promoter of that. So, in terms of C versus any other languages, I like to keep the philosophy simple, and I also like to follow a specific, uh, the specific Unix philosophy itself. So what is the Unix philosophy? Well, it says, create one tool, and let that tool do everything do do one thing well, right, and then make everything around it in terms of, uh, okay, I'll, I want to read my PDFs, well, I should, I should have a tool that converts my PDFs before I read them, and then another tool to read them, or uh, maybe that was a bad example, but we could use uh, word processing. That's a good example. So if you're word processing, okay, so you have one tool to actually write, you have another tool to maybe modify the text in terms of bold and italics and it's just a great philosophy that means make one small part a great part and then in terms of that make that one module fit together in a bigger ecosystem so i really i personally agree with that Um, as a programmer it makes sense to me um so let's get started shall we this is enough rambling on i can tend to ramble sometimes so Um, so I've explained who I am, you know, um, I'm a big, I'm a big Unix geek. So, (laughs) that's, that's the way to go. So, uh, just so we start off all on the same page, we should probably get maybe the history of C. And, uh, if you look in the show notes, I've got, I hope I've got some adequate documentation that you can use, um, if you ever need to look things up. And I mean, the internet is your best friend. A lot of these notes are just culminated from the internet, so, I mean, whatever you would like to use, uh, I would definitely go to the internet first, but hopefully my notes can kind of um, help you out with making sure that you have at least some place to start to look. So, I have uh, the history of C here. So, who was uh, C originally developed by? It was developed by Dennis Ritchie. Uh, between the years of 1969 and 1973 at AT AT&T Bell Labs. So that's a pretty big one. Um, They also created Unix. So C was created before Unix, or maybe even during the process of creating Unix. And the reason it was was because Ritchie really needed a systems programming language that was robust enough and that could reach enough platforms and maybe even on the PDP-11, you know, which is where they originally developed uh, the Unix operating system. And he needed to be able to create a language that was m- more or less higher level than assembly language because who really wants to write an OS in assembly? And also just provided a robust uh, API to be able to do small things or big things in terms of uh, memory allocation and just a lot of features that were very much um, both new at the time and a little bit revolutionary. So, uh, AT and T and Bell Labs has a really good reputation in terms of kind of pushing the boundaries. And C was one of the most. Um, I would I would argue that C was one of the most revolutionary parts of our modern um, of our modern computer history. Uh, without C, you wouldn't have uh, half. Even all the things that you have, so when you when you think about that, I I personally as a as as myself, I uh, I think that uh, Richie and Kernahan and Rob Pike, I mean those are the pioneers of all of our computer, computer generations. So that's where C came from, and uh, it the most important part was that it was. Uh, provided to be one of the most high level in terms of the time. So if you look at C right now, there's a lot of people that say, "You C, I don't want to have to deal with that because there's no automatic um, garbage collection. So you have to do all your memory allocation yourself. You have to. M-. It's kind of like walking to Toronto. If you, why would I? Why would I walk to Toronto when I can take a car? Um, well, it's really important to use C in situations where you need to have the precision of walking. You know, uh, a good way to put it is maybe if I'm going to longitude and latitude in a car, uh, it's really hard to get a precise location. But if I'm walking, I can get there, right? So I, uh, to be honest, I'm not very familiar with uh, longitude and latitude, and I hope that's an adequate example. But I think having that precision of going to that specific place. Um, is really important, and C gives you that opportunity. If you treat if you treat your computer's memory like a, like a map, you can go anywhere the hell you want with, using C. So, uh, where is C mostly used? A lot of embedded applications. So if you look at uh, Rogers boxes, if you look at uh, well, I'm I'm from Canada, so if you look at your uh, television. Providers boxes, or if you look at any embedded software, traffic lights. I mean, C kind of runs our world in a lot of ways. So uh, it it's also used. I mean, every OS is written in C. Look at Windows. Look at Unix. Look at uh, you know. And and I think that really just kind of shows the robustness of C, right? Because even right now, if you look at um, OpenBSD, FreeBSD, Linux, the whole, every kernel is written in C. And what's that? That's like 60 years in the making or 50 years in the making? Sorry, excuse me. It was 1969, so I'm not going to do the math right now. I don't, uh, it's something, probably 50 to 60 years. Sorry, I'm just kind of focused on talking here. But, uh, I mean, it, it really does show the maturity of the language and personally, I mean, it really shows how how well the APIs were developed and how needed it actually was. If we're still using it, and there's a lot of people that would argue that there's other solutions, and I mean there are, but in another way, um, C's been here forever. And I mean, you've got your C sharp, you've got your uh, you've got your Python, you've got your Ruby, but I mean, those are kind of come and go languages. C has stayed here throughout the ages. So maybe that's, maybe I'm a little bit biased because I am so Unix oriented. Maybe that's my problem, but uh, either way, that's my opinion. And that's why I chose C to teach you. Um, Now, once again, just maybe to preface this a little bit. um, I am nowhere near a master. I have had to do a lot of Googling. I've had to do quite a bit of things just to prepare some documentation for this Um, and I mean that's that's that but uh, overall I think that you can't really take my word as (laughs) as perfect but you can take as close as it can be right so I I really hope you enjoy and let's get started learning the C language and what kind of types are in there okay so We're talking about types. Now, what is a type? When you're talking about a computer programming language, you've got this thing called the variable. Now, in some languages, higher-level languages than C, you've got something that's called uh, interpreted language, which means, okay, I'm going to type in this command and run it. So that's how Python works. If you look at Python's architecture, you have a .py file, and the interpreter runs through that file and executes all the commands in there and that's how you program in it. Now, there's a different type of language and this is called a statically typed. Um, sorry, uh, if we go back to the Python example we're uh, we're going through this file and line by line we're interpreting it. As such, langu- variables are not statically typed. There's something called dynamically typed. So, what does this mean? It means, okay, if I have the variable x, the variable x could be a number, it could be a character, it could be, you know, directions to two, <laughs> two, Timbuktu, it could be anything it wants to be. And there's no restrictions based on that. Now, C is of the different type. C is of something called a statically typed language. That means to use variable x or variable y or variable z. We have to define what those are before we use it. As such, we use types to define what type of a variable is. So it's actually pretty simple. Um, there's only a few core types, and there's a couple things that, uh, that we have to go over when it comes to types. So the first thing is, you're going you're gonna to hear me talking about signed and unsigned. So what does signed means? What does signed mean, sorry? It means it can hold either a negative or a positive value. So that means that my my variable, whatever it is, if it's a number, it, only, it actually only applies to real numbers, but I'm going to be talking about integers, okay? And integers can either be signed or unsigned. So signed means it can hold either negative or positive values, and unsigned means it can only hold positive values. Now... That's the very basics. Now I've I've included in the show notes a Wikipedia on signedness. And I mean you can go really into the bits and you can go to the twos complements and do all of these different things. But for our purposes, I'm just gonna say that. Okay. So what kind of types do we have? We have an int. So an int is a variable that is at least 16 bits in size. Um, it is actually the most efficient for the processor itself. So, if I compile on a 32 bit machine, then my int will be 32 bits, or er, 4 bits, sorry. If I uh, compile on a 64 bit machine, it will be a different value. So, basically, when the compiler goes through and starts to compile um, my program, so as I said with the interpreted languages, um, <laughs> sorry, I'm going to just backtrack a little bit for. Uh, from my integers, okay? So I'm I'm going to go back one step. I apologize. I got a little bit ahead of myself, but I'm going to say continue with my interpreted versus compiled languages. So, as I said, C is statically typed. That means we have to define our variables and it, the compiler, what is called the compiler, is it goes through a It goes through the process it compiles down to object files and then those link together into your executable so every time we change a C program we have to um, recompile so coming back to the int when when we compile through this program uh, an int is actually compiled down to the most efficient size for the processor itself. So uh, yeah, so on a 32-bit machine, I can tell you, uh, it's four bytes in size because that is the most efficient um, for a 32-bit, and it's capable of storing. According to Wikipedia, it's capable of storing negative 32,767 to 327. Uh, th- 32,767 once again. Okay, so if I apply the signed to this, that means that it could hold that whole range, okay? That means it can hold either negative or positive values. If I put unsigned into it, it means it can only hold from 0 to or three hundred, or 32,767. Sorry again. Um, about those mishaps. Okay, so again, we have another thing called specifiers. Now, wh- now what are in, what are in specifiers? Now, um, they're they're basically a way to, to show the size or the amount of an integer you're holding. So, if you have a short um, that's 16 bits in size, so that means okay, I have a short integer. I'm not holding A large number. Okay, and then there's another one called a long. A long is 32 bits in size. And a long long is 64 bits in size. So if you look in the show notes, I've got some quite interesting code snippets there. And, uh, yeah. One important thing, again, is that... These types can actually be used on their own. So I could say, I want a short, okay, or I want a long, or I want a long, long, and you could actually define variables that way. Or you could go, I want a short int, I want a long int, I want a long, long int, okay, if that makes sense, okay? So, a char. This is our second uh, data type, so we went through an int. And we now know what an int is, so we have a char. Uh, A char is actually one byte in memory, so that's eight bits. It holds a character, but also can hold a number. So one important thing to note about C, um, that's a little bit different than most languages, um, is that characters are actually just numerical values. So if you look at something called the ASCII table, which is I included in the show notes, it's got a mapping of all characters that it can look at. And um, now I'm just going to stick with the simple character set, which is the ASCII. I mean, there's there's different ones. There's the UTF and all, all of these different things. But for our purposes, I'm just going to say you have your uh, specific values Uh, dictated in the ASCII values, or in the ASCII table, sorry, that correspond together. So, for instance, um, A is, let me just uh, do a little quick Google search for ASCII table here. So, sorry about this. Okay, alright. Okay, so for instance, we have lowercase a. Lowercase a is 97, so if I did a, uh, if I went to print 97 to the screen as a character, it would be a, or the same could be said for printing uh, a as a decimal, or an integer, sorry, and it would be uh, 97. Or, yeah, so it, it all just works out. So that's one important thing to note about the ASCII table. Um, now, what else could we look at here? We could look at a couple other things. So a char is basically just a way of denoting, like the char name itself is just a way for the programmer to know that this is a character, you know? Um, and it's really important to know that char's you you define a character using the single quotes around it. So if I I can make a char variable that held the letter X with single quotes around it, or I can make a char value that held the number seventy two. So like I said, they're just numerical values. Now what else do we have here? We have floats. Now what are big? Now float floats uh, they hold as the name suggests. Floating point numbers. Okay, so floating point numbers—they're a little bit iffy when it comes to programming languages. I don't know if you've had any experience with them, but especially when you get low level, as as low level as C is, floating point becomes a little bit more risky, and uh, it becomes a little bit harder to use overall. Um, but you can you can have floating point numbers in a float, and support is becoming much more available for that. So if you compared it to from now until like 75 or however many years you know it's our our improvement for floating point has definitely got better with GPUs and whatnot so not it's not really as big a concern right now so uh floating point as the name suggests you just define float with x equals uh 72.2 or whatever the case may be Uh, Now, a double is like a float, but it can hold a larger value. So, those are your four main types in C. You've got your int, you've got your char, you've got your float, you've got your double, and there's a couple other things that I want to talk about. Now, what are arrays? Now, arrays are a very important subject in C, especially because... Uh, Arrays are basically collections of multiple things, and they have to be a set size. So when I'm defining an array, I put the data type, and then I put a space, and then I put the name of the array, so in this case I'll call it array of nums, Okay, and then I put an opening square brace, and then the number of things I want to store. So if I want to store 100 ints within this array, then I put the number 100. And then I close that brace, and then I hit the semicolon. Oh, that I guess that would be an important thing. I don't have it in my notes. Um, to end a line, as such, with English, <laughs> you would use a semicolon. So anything that we're doing, we're using a semicolon for. Okay? All right. So... It'd be almost like writing a sentence and putting a period at the end. You throw a semicolon on the end and you're telling the compiler, this line is finished, Mr. Compiler. You can go ahead and move on to the next one. Okay, so back to arrays. I'm sorry I'm a little scatterbrained, but uh, like I said, we're just uh, moving along with this, so I'd like to get some feedback on my show overall. So if you wouldn't mind taking the time, that'd be great. So where are we? Back to arrays. Arrays are collections of multiple things. Uh, they have to be a set size. So if I want to say I got a I got 100 arrays of nums or, a 100, 100 numbers within this array, or 100 integers within this array, then I have to say 100 in the declaration. Now, I can't change the size. I can't go around adding 101, 102. Um, And that's the most important thing there, because, you know, memory is not willy-nilly. I can't just throw blocks of memory around like it's Minecraft. I've got to uh, make sure that my memory is protected where it needs to be protected, and that I'm using the best thing possible in terms of how I how I uh, make sure my memory isn't being uh, treated like it's just something to throw away. And that's the difference between a garbage-collected language and this sort of language. So, in most languages, there are something called strings. Now, if we use this concept of arrays that we just learned, we can say that strings... Um, we can say that what are a string mostly, like what in terms of understanding what a string is. Well, let's think about it for a second because we've got our, we've got our char data type, which is just a character. So then a string, so the name Colin Mills, for instance, well, isn't that just an, an array of char? I mean, it's a multiple set of chars. Okay, so then in C, uh, strings... And I have strings and quotes in the show notes um, are made up of multiple chars. So um, if you think about it, it really does make sense. Um, an important thing to note about this is that, as with any array, you can't go messing around with the n- with the numbers of things in that thing. So you can't be like, oh, my string actually needs an extra character, so I want that string to hold uh, Colin Mills rr on the end. No, that can't happen. When you define a string in C, it's got to be uh, it's got to be a fixed size. Now, there's an important thing that determines for the compiler to know when that string is finished, and that is the null termination. Um, so the null termination is a slash zero. So I've got uh, I've got it here, but it's it's a slash zero, okay, and that slash zero it tells you that uh, the string is finished. It tells the compiler this string is finished. I don't I, this is where I want to end the memory that I'm using here, and it's added to everything. As such, um, it's really best to well, it's not best. It's a must to define your strings with an extra character on the end to hold the null termination because that's added every time a string gets defined, so that's really important to know okay i'm just going to take a sip of my coffee here that the null termination comes up to the end okay so we don't want to go past this null termination okay so i know that it was kind of a whirlwind tour through the c types and i mean i probably could have recorded this a little bit better but i'm doing this as a test run and to make sure that i i know what i'm doing and make sure i want to continue this because i on i personally do i enjoy podcasts and most of all i enjoy listening to podcasts and uh i mean hpr is run like by people like us so i want to be um part of that movement obviously um so i will be back um in the next couple days probably Uh, Well, actually, I don't know when you'll be listening to this. So I'm going to record, let's say the date is uh, the 6th of May. Um, I'm going to record a couple episodes for the rest of this week, and uh, we'll have a good old time. Uh, Next time, I'm going to do maybe a little bit of a recap through, uh, through some types and make sure we understand that. And then we will go into um control flow because that's really important. So, um yeah. Thank you very much for listening to my rambles, but uh I hope you have a great night and I really do appreciate it, okay? All right. Until next time. Keep on uh keep on seeing. <laughs> Bye.
0: You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org.